Hi, everyone. My name is Greg, and welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. In this podcast, I interview travel writers and people who work for resorts, hotels, cruise ships, and airlines, and we'll talk about their experience in travel and tourism. My guest today and I worked together in Club Med Paradise Island in the 2003-2004 season, where she was a choreographer. However, her first season was as a reception geo in Sandpiper in October of 2001. And we'll also talk about what it's like going from reception to choreographer. She is now living in Las Vegas. Everyone, please give it up for Gabby. What's up, girl? Hi, Gregors. Long time. I know. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. It's good to hear from you. Uh, first time caller, long time fan. Greg. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll explain why that joke is funny later, guys. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, we had your, uh, his his episode hasn't yet aired yet, but we had your husband on uh, earlier, uh, Ian. So, um, I'd like to know... So I'm going to compare stories of how you guys met. <laughs> sure. But before we do that, yeah, I just yes. would like to make sure that all the viewers know that you asked me I, to I, interview before I, you asked Ian. I did. Like for, I just you, put you off for a yes. very long time. Actually, okay. I, be I begged you and you were Thank actually you. busier than Ian. And I strangely, I don't know why I thought Ian would have been busier what a busier job but no you actually I don't even know what you do but the sounds of it you uh, you sound really busy all the time I just like to put people off I think but I wanted okay. everyone to know you asked me first oh, okay. I, I, no I begged I really wanted you on because you know <laughs> I was afraid to ask you at first because I couldn't handle it if you'd say no because there's there's some I could handle and they say no but there's others that would crush me if they said no so I'm glad that you finally agreed what was it was it listening to a certain episode that you went hey this is this is okay uh, no, it was deciding to be kind. I was like, it would be a kind thing for me to do. And <laughs> why am I not saying yes right away? And I realized, because I haven't done one before. So it felt uncomfortable and a little, I was a little nervous. And then I said, well, when has that ever stopped me from doing anything? So well, yeah. here we are. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, want, I want to get into. So, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the drill here, I'd like to, uh, yeah, like when you say like where you were, where you were living, uh, am I wrong? We, were you living in Montreal at one point in your life? <laughs> you are, you are not wrong. You are correct. Um, okay. And this is actually a very funny, it's interesting that we're talking about this because okay. I'm 40 something years old. I'm 43 years old. And I lived in Montreal for about 10, 12 years of my life. Uh, so really I'm mostly an American, but I identify very much as a Canadian probably because of those formative years. I lived from Montreal from the time I was 10 until I was 20, I believe, around there, or whenever I joined Club Met, 21, whatever it was. So I was, in fact, living in Montreal. That's where I went to high school and started university. And Which university? So I was, well, did, we did CJEP, of course, because we're in Montreal. So yes. I was at Dawson. I did that. And then I started working. I was just, uh, I wasn't, um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to study. I was looking into forensic psychology, but I was all over the place. So I said, let me just kind of start working and make some money and see what I like doing. So uh, I was doing that and I ended up getting this job at, don't know if you recall this company, Fido or Fido. Yes. The, cellular yes. Phone? Yes. Right when they first, first came out and somehow I ended up like climbing the ranks of this company, even though I hated the job really couldn't, I'm still technologically challenged. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was just people skills, but I ended up becoming like a manager and it was this good money, but I really didn't like the job. And what happened was, this is interesting because I had not really heard about Club Med before. I mean, living in Montreal, I knew the name, but I didn't really know much about it. We had some form of like company raffle and I won and the, the prize were two tickets to Ibiza in Spain, the Club Med Ibiza. What? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. A the, yeah. The prize was, a. I thought you were going to say Sandpiper. The prize was the Club yeah. Med in Spain? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. All yeah. Right. Two, oh. two, two, yes. A, for a two person, full week, round of trip, everything paid. Yeah, it was, uh, so, wait, it was so, so, so if I knew you in Montreal back then, I'm from Montreal, I might have gone with you on this trip. Is this what you're telling me now? No. No? Okay. No, not a chance, huh? 
probably not. No. Okay. I yeah, respect no. your honesty. Thank you. But I still care about you. Remember, I'm doing this podcast. Yes, out of kindness. Not because yes. Ian, Ian forced you like I asked him to. Ian never forces me to do anything, let's <laughs> that's, be honest. That, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we know who wears the pants there. I recall paradise. Okay, we'll get into paradise later. This is too good. Okay, so who did you take on this trip with you? Neither one of us wears pants. However, <laughs> I took my cousin. I took my my cousin, Kedin, who is, if she were not my cousin and not a female, would be my husband and soulmate in life. She's always uh, been the one to balance me out and stop me from doing anything really stupid. So she was the perfect person for me to take on this trip. So she and I went and it was funny because Bitha is a family village in not a family village location. So the juxtaposition (laughs) of like the days when you were hanging out in Club Med with all the kitties and then, you know, going outside the village and doing other things and then coming back at like four or five in the morning and like little kids were there was like, super surreal but kind of amazing like you know because the parents were like really cool with it and you're thinking like you've got to know that everybody here is like hung over or not quite at their best but no one seemed to be like worried or uptight about it it was just very relaxed and I really liked that energy can I just ask one question just uh what, uh, what year was your trip sure in? what year is this now so I, I had to ask my cousin because I have a terrible memory. Like I told you, it's actually, it was August of 2001. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. So and summer, summer in uh, Ibiza. Wow. Must've been nuts, huh? Yeah, it was, it was pretty nuts. Am I pronouncing and it right? Is it Ibiza or Ibiza? I think it's Ibiza. Okay. Ibiza. Sorry. Okay. I don't know. I don't, don't ask me, but okay. it's not Ibiza. I know that. So <laughs> <laughs> my Club Med story is actually, it's, it, it's here, I'll give you just some context. August 2001 is when I went on this trip. And my first day in Sandpiper was October 10th, 2001. Okay. So, so there is not a large space in between. So even dates. though you, you know, undoubtedly had fun. Mm-hmm. So you were, you're in a family resort. I think you were having more fun outside the village at night. So what, what about the daytime activities made you think maybe I could do this or send an application? I was You know what? I wouldn't even say I necessarily had more fun at night. I think I enjoyed observing at night and kind of everybody, but then I liked, I I don't know. I I think I had more fun during the day. I liked actually doing the activities. I liked speaking with people a lot that were, you know, coherent. Now I'm guessing before your interview, you said I'll do absolutely any job except mini club. I'm sure in a massive village like that, you probably saw what the mini club geos had to do. And we always said like, those guys are crazy for doing that job. Nobody works harder. Is that what you said or something like that? Uh, Something like that. Well, originally I was, when I went for my audition in Montreal and I can get to that later if you want, but um, it was originally supposed to be for a a choreographer position. My background is in dance. Okay. So just to, just, to go quickly from want, my, well, my I, trip. I want to get to back to your, I, would, I do want to get back to your dance background too, though. Okay. Like I was going to ask you, how did you, were you taking it from a young age? I mean, what? I was, yeah. I was one of those kids that started, you know, ballet, tap and jazz at three years old and then into gymnastics and flute and whatever else, but dance is wait, what stuck. Wait, back up. Did you say flute? <laughs> yeah. No need to mention that. Okay. I, I'm not musically inclined, but okay. my mother... My mother was great. She tried to get me involved in lots of different things just to see what I liked and probably to keep me out of trouble, which knowing my personality now that I have a 10 and a 13 year old is a very good strategy. And dance was what it was for me. Okay. So I, I danced until I was about 18 is when I stopped because, you know, I discovered boys and what have you. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to spend as much time dancing. So you were still in Montreal when you had your interview? I was in Montreal. So what happened is I went on my trip to Ibiza or Ibiza. I came back. I promptly quit my job at Fido, which is probably terrible because they had just given me a trip. However, you only live life once. And then I was looking for another job and ended up getting a random phone call from a friend who worked for the Formula One and wanted me to fly out and join the Formula One network and do catering for the BMW, like booth and what have you, and their drivers. It was very strange and very sudden, but I flew out to, I think I flew out to Germany, I want to say. And um, I was doing that. 
for I think it went to maybe six or seven races. I was just helping out there. Are you, are and you serious? September 11th you're happened. A, you're I'm the, very serious. You're yeah. on the circuit? I was, F1 circuit? I, I was, but I was working like in communications and catering. I'm not, I don't really know what my job was. I think that, I think I was really there just to talk to people in the tents. Like they would just send me and say, go talk to those guys in the suits. And I was like, okay. It was a very bizarre job. Oh, that um, sounds interesting. Yeah, it was great. It was super interesting. I got to visit places. It it was great. I would have kept on doing it. But when we were in Italy, uh, 9-11 occurred. And 9-11 occurred when I happened to be staying at, we had a break in our F1 circuit. And I was staying at a friend's house who was a geo that I had actually met in my Ibiza trip. Uh, I was staying at his apartment in Italy and the news came on and everything's in Italian and I have no idea what's going on and he's flipping out and because my father's family and my father then lived in New York. So yes, that was kind of the end of Formula One. I needed to get back home and make sure everybody was okay. And all a bit of a blur that entire time, but I did eventually, I, I went back to not New York. They wouldn't let me fly back into New York, but my family was okay in New York and I flew back into Montreal. So I was back in Montreal by the, probably like the end of September. So had you already previously emailed or sent an application to Clement and they hadn't contacted you yet? I believe that's what happened. That's the part I don't remember. I just, I'm, I don't know. Like I said, this time was such a crazy blur. It may have been that my cousin told me, Hey, they're having an open audition for club med. Okay. I think, I think that's what it was. I think she said, Hey, they're having auditions at club med for club med at this hotel. Why don't you try to do that? You you need something to do. And it sounded good. So I said, okay. And yes, it was a somewhere in downtown Montreal. I'm not sure which hotel in a conference room. And there was tons of people and they had told you ahead of time that you were going to have to uh, either perform something or to think of it as a mini talent show. So I very mockingly brought tap shoes because I figured there's nothing more obnoxious than tap dancing. Oh, well, so, no, wait, there is. Please say you brought your flute and played green sleeves, please. Uh, well, if I had the talent to play green sleeves on my flute, I probably would have continued <laughs> playing flute, but okay. it was really bad. Yeah. Wait, is it green sleeves the first beginner song they teach you? Are you saying you couldn't even play green sleeves? <laughs> that is what I'm saying. Okay, yes. got it. So, yeah. you, so you tapped your way into their hearts. Mm-hmm. They- uh, I did yeah and i was told oh great you know there are positions for choreographers we really need choreographers particularly in turks and caicos is looking for one right now and i was like yes dancing in turks and caicos sounds awesome do you think that tap because you chose tap they said reception or if you'd chosen like modern dance well i you know what reception was never really there like i went into the audition and wrote in choreographer and like in my discussions with everybody it was always choreographer and dance instructor it was once i got hired on the phone and then they said okay they're sending you your flight info you're going to florida and i went okay that's great and am i like layover am I going somewhere else and they said no you're staying in sandpiper and I said all right and then they said so would you like to do boutique mini club or front desk <laughs> well we know we know we know you're going to say no to mini club strike, right strike right. one so what made you choose uh-huh. reception over boutique? <sighs> uh you know what I I like I, I had been I had worked retail in my like Montreal jobs when I had done lots of other things and I just really I worked at you, you're a Montreal native, so you'll yes. know this. Do you remember Ocaton? Yeah, of course. Okay, so Ocaton, for those of you who don't know, was this, I think they had, oh, Cotton Ginny, I think, was the American counterpart. Um, it sold leggings and tube socks in, like, every shade you could imagine that would correspond. It was like a mecca of cotton leggings and really horrible socks. <laughs> and I worked there for a while. And I think that just scarred me off of ever working retail and clothing again. So I said, front desk sounds great. Since you already went to Ibiza, you had no problem adjusting to this because uh, it was a day off back then. So six days, uh, six days a week, 12, 16 hours a day, you had no problem doing that? I did it, but I've got to say that from the beginning, I've always... um. I was always kind of able to find time for myself. Okay. Maybe that's, um, I'm a little lazy by nature. I'm a work smarter, not harder kind of person. 
So I always manage to do what I need to do, yet I still manage to like find time to like go take like three hour naps in the day. And I, I really probably shouldn't say that because every other club med person I know yeah, it's well, really, really annoyed at me because yeah, they're like, how did you do that? And yeah, if they're, if they're on the sports team, yeah, they were probably asking how you do <laughs> Right. Um, so maybe that's, I picked my positions kind of wisely at Club Med as well. And I I, I picked my friends and my my jobs and what okay. to do and how to get out of VV because no one wants to do VV, let's be honest. Yes, VV, village, village, or as Joker says, the job's so nice they named it twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's okay. terrible. All right, you go to the resort as reception. Now, I usually ask this question near the end of the first season talk. So how fast were you looking into choreographer jobs when you got there? Oh, so when I got there, they had told me, look, it'll be a season at most, um, and then we'll have choreographer positions for you. And I, I was fine with that. I actually started uh, Julie Keeley because I was there when Hammer was chief of village in Sandpiper and Julie had taken over, I believe, as choreographer. So she was kind of showing me, she was doing a little bit of an internship with me while I was front desk. My front desk position didn't last very long because after I think maybe like two months, I was like, "Mm, no, I want to do planning because that, you know, I had my own office. I got to sit. Yeah, I wanted to sit. That was a big thing for me. I don't know why. I I thought like if I had an office with a chair, like that would just make me much happier in life. So I went for planning and I really liked it, which uh, is is not surprising considering I like details and logic puzzles and things like that. So it was a good opportunity for me because I got to, it was a little bit more challenging, I suppose, than front desk, yet I still got to deal with the, the, the customers and I liked that as well, but not all the time. So planning, that's what I did. And- I was kind of kind of training to be a choreographer, but we didn't really know if anything was going to open up, and I was okay with that. I am guessing because you went to Spain on vacation and then you traveled Europe with F1, you had probably zero culture shock when you got to Club Med because you were already used to Europeans, right? I wouldn't say zero. I don't think you can ever ever quite get used to European men in speedos at like certain times of the day on the tennis court. Um, Yes. Yeah. Certain places. I mean, (laughs) I I don't consider myself to be a prude in any way, shape or form, but there, there were some like double takes that, Oh, wow. Like I didn't know. Well now hold up. Is it just that there are certain men that shouldn't be wearing them or like some speedos. Okay. If the guy's got a nice body or just, no, you don't like speedos at all. It doesn't matter. Well, let's be honest. The men that should wear speedos never do. Okay. Like in public locations, I mean, (laughs) they really don't. And um, there's something very like, I'm like, you know, go guy, because I feel like you should be happy with your body and wear a Speedo no matter what. But it's yet. Have you ever, ever seen like a a fine physique man at Club Med in a Speedo? No, you're right. I keep going back to my tennis geo in in Turkey. Uh, He would get incensed when someone would show, like there are certain gentlemen's sports like tennis and golf where you should wear the proper attire. But whenever a a guest showed up with Speedo and running shoes to a tennis lesson, he he flipped out. He he said, uh, the guy says, what are you doing here? He goes, the the GMs, I'm here for my tennis lessons. He goes, oh, no, no, sir, you're dressed for the beach. The beach is that way. He says, no, 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 I'm here to play tennis. And it just, you know, he just couldn't get over the fact that people would show up, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, there definitely was that. I mean, I, I think it was in the restaurant too. I went in the restaurant when you'd go in in the morning and you'd no. go get a bagel and like, oh, there'd be on. like, you know, you'd bend over and ah, oh, well, that's, that's thank, a Speedo. Thank God for the pandemic because when the Club Med reopens, I know oh. we're not going to put up with Speedos at breakfast anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, no shirts, no shoes. Like I really feel like pants, like I am actually okay with no shirt, but like you need to have something more than like bikini underwear know, and, and, and man those, or female. yeah and, and the ones that wear them they just never fit they always hang down in the back and they look like piggy banks and oh uh, yeah no i uh i hear you there's manscaping issues and it's <laughs> yeah. just it's nobody wants to eat after seeing that you okay. know okay i'm gonna segue from speedos into, i'm gonna segue from speedos into christmas now <clears throat> sorry listeners. obviously so what's it's an it, obvious what, segue. What, was it, what was it like working your first Christmas and New Year's? Did it uh, bother you? Did you miss your family? Uh, or was it like eh, any other day for you? Yeah, sorry. My mom will never actually listen to this. So I'm, okay. I'm not apologizing <laughs> to anyone. She's she's just not technology driven. Um, you know what? It, it wasn't a big deal for me one way or the other. I family weren't a family that did holidays. I don't really think as I got older, my mom worked a lot. 
so she used to have to work on holidays a lot and like so she tried but like we didn't have like big traditional Christmases or things like that like so working on holidays was was no big deal I'd actually probably worked most holidays even since I was like 14 or 15 my mom uh, was waitressing she worked at the forum the prior to the bell center and I would at the museau which is a restaurant and I would work like coat check there on big holidays and stuff so um, to make extra money so holidays I think have always been about like this is a good time to make like time and a half or more money like you always work it's not a big deal since you're the first choreographer to appear on the show I want to ask you a question unique to you I mean, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. So since you knew how to dance and various styles of dance, did part of you, was part of you smug when you went to your first rehearsal, when you had to learn steps from the choreographer there? Like, I'm going to show you people, they made a mistake, you know, or was it, you were like, hey, no problem. I'm just like you guys, except for Greg, maybe who has two left feet. Like, how did it, how did, uh, do you remember that at all? You rehearsing for yeah like when I first came in as a choreographer you mean or no no no, prior to prior to so you're still at planning and they've asked you to do a show now do you try to rein it in do you try to outshine like how did you tackle that uh, oh I I it's not in me to rein anything in unfortunately and I don't strive to outshine but Let's be honest. It's it just, just my nature. It, 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 it just, just happens. It, it just happens. So you're yeah. so you're 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 always like a front row type. Oh yeah, no, I was pretty vocal about the fact. I'm pretty sure I came in and said, "Oh, uh, I'm supposed to be a choreographer. I've been dancing forever. I'll be in the front row if you need me to teach anyone." You know, something along those lines. I'm not sure exactly what, but I'm sure it wasn't modest, and um, I'm sure it was obnoxious to some. But the people that like me know that about me and they think it's funny and those that don't like me well that's that's part of who I am and uh yeah that's I, I'm sure it was something pretty obnoxious like that okay. so now you got your taste of crazy signs when you're in Spain did part of you say what the heck is this and why are they doing it all the time uh were you prepared for that when you saw it in Spain uh did you participate in crazy signs there of course I did you did uh, I will say yeah, and this might be, I don't care if this makes me sound like an uber nerd. Crazy signs are probably what made me join Club Med. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I am all about really, like, I think I wanted a job and I wanted to be somewhere where people could just kind of be like funny and laugh at themselves and with other people and not take things seriously. And to me, there was nothing that I had seen that was less serious than you're just trying to like lounge by the pool and some people just start dancing and like throwing fruit at you. Like it's just utterly inane, but fantastic that you're encouraged to do this. Like, yay. And that the kind of people that would come to Club Med would think that this was fine and okay and not be like annoyed that they're trying to read a book and somebody's like blaring and dancing right next to them. For me, it signified the crazy signs and the like fruit passages and all those things were very much like, this is what the culture of Club Med is. Like we're not taking ourselves seriously. If you're not good at poking fun at or being poked, then this isn't the place for you. But it was the place for me because that's that's the kind of humor and lifestyle that I would embrace. Do you have a top three crazy signs of all time? Or you just like them all? Uh, I, no, I don't like them all. I'm, I'm going to say I actually, I became a bit of a, a crazy side snob towards the end. Okay. And it was like, only doing the ones I like. No more bun uh, front get for yeah. you, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, I, I didn't like... Oh, let's see. What did I not like? I can't even recall. I, I, <laughs> what did you like? What did you like? What did you like? Muevelo or? I did. I liked Muevelo. I'm trying to think of the, it's like the Tamake one. I don't even know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Called. Yeah. 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 I know that one. The, yeah. Huh, huh, yeah, yeah exactly. that one. Like the slapping your thighs. I think there's right. like a bit of a warrior in me. Like <laughs> yeah. I really slapped way too hard and really liked it. I don't know why. And I liked, there was one uh, in Arabic that I really liked. I okay. also can't remember that song, but you got to do a lot of fun hand. Are you fidgeting back there with something there, Gabby? Sorry. Um, I, I may have been okay. trying to do a crazy sign in my memory, and then I okay. may have been doing uh, it good save. in real life. Good save. I, I'm now sitting down. As I, I laid down the law to her before uh, the podcast viewers. The so, uh, spirit she... of the dance <laughs> is strong in me, Greg. <laughs> 
I, you know, if you want to break, break out that flute and hit us with something, I really wouldn't be opposed. I think our listeners would really like to hear something off. The Listen, record. I pawned the okay. flute. Oh no. Okay. I sold that flute at a pawn Her. shop in Montreal when I was 17 years old. And then I bought Benson and Hedges cigarettes with oh, money. So uh, I was a terrible, <laughs> terrible flutist and a terrible person. Flautus. Yeah. I don't even know what you call them. I wish it's flautus. I, I wished you had sold it for magic beans or something. It would have been a better story. Speaking Actually, of, Actually, I didn't really speaking, sell it for cigarettes. But. Speaking of better stories, you got anything funny that happened to you your first season? Anything you could share as long as it's clean and appropriate, you know, because uh, <laughs> um, I, I know who I'm, ta- <laughs> I know who I'm talking season. to. Let's just say first that. Yes, first. it doesn't have to be funny. What are anything? You? Did something like some miscommunication at, at, at reception happen? Like, I don't know. Or did you get like the standard um, Parisian guests asking you what temperature the pool was or what temperature the ocean was? You know, anything like I'm that. I'm going to say that everything that happened my first season of Club Med was a little bit funky from the from my arrival. OK, so I I drove in van, but we got in. It was just me. And it was like two in the morning. Wait, hold up. You, oh, wait, no, are you saying you drove from Montreal to Sandpiper? Oh, no, no, no. Like from the oh. airport. Like oh, okay. I, yes. Okay. So got something it. about the flight was delayed. I don't know what happened. But by the time I got to Sandpiper, it was just me. And it was maybe 1 or 2 a.m. And reception is supposed to be open 24-7. But the doors were locked. The lights were on. And I'm going around at all the doors. And I can't find anyone. Um, and I'm banging on the doors. And eventually somebody comes out. And I guess whoever was working you know, graveyard was probably sleeping behind the front desk because that's what we would do because, you know, no one would usually come. So they checked me in and then they sent me to go to this geo room. And when I went into the room, it was already decorated and there was stuff all over the place. And I was like, I don't think this is what they were supposed to be doing for me. So I went back and it turns out that they'd given me someone else's room by accident. So then they gave me um, another, they gave me a GM room for the night. And just said, just come here tomorrow at 10 and we'll work it all out. And was there a GM in this room? No, thankfully that was an empty room. So that worked out well. And then the next morning at 10 a.m. I went back to reception and uh, I met Katerina, who was the Italian. Uh, She was in charge of reception at the time. And I, I don't know, she was angry at someone, but she was like yelling at somebody for about an hour on the phone and I was just sitting in like her office with her and going, this is an interesting workplace. Yeah. So (laughs) that's what I remember from day one of (laughs) Sandpiper. Well, I have a story I think our listeners would like to uh, hear. True or false? You are married to the Coney Island striker. (laughs) I want to put out there that I never call him that, but it is true. (laughs) Okay. No, no. I, I, I coined that expression. Okay. So how did so did you meet while you were at reception planning? I mean, he was um, sound engineer. So how the heck did that happen? I'm mystified. It's not like it's a very big village. I mean, you no. kind of run into each other. No, um, but you no, know, sports no. day was sports and animation stuff. That's it's not just, true. It's not? It was where I worked. Okay. So tell me. Not when happened. you're a cute girl. When you're a cute girl, you go where you want. That's true. Um, Right. But Ian actually wasn't at Sandpiper when I first got there. He was in, where was he? Oh, yeah. Somewhere in Mexico. Yes. One of the, Sonora Sonora Bay. Bay. Sonora Bay. Right. He was in Sonora Bay um, because that's where he was when September 11th happened. That was a big, obvious um, starting discussion in our relationship, seeing as we both have New York roots. So I was, I was still, I was very new. So I was still front desk and I remember uh, a GE that worked there, Jackie, had said, oh, my friend Ian is coming back here. He worked here before. He was in Sonora. He's coming back. He's from New York. I think you guys will totally hit it off. Like, you'll just be good friends. And I went, okay. And uh, I was working reception when he arrived. And I, you know, just saw this guy and I said, looks like a nice guy, but, you know, didn't really f- think one thing or the other. And then I think the following day I was in the bar in the morning because, you know, that's what you do at Sandpiper having coffee. And he came in and we just started talking about uh, 9-11 and various other things. And literally before I knew it, like we had just been talking for about two hours and I was totally late for my shift at front desk. So that's kind of what happened, but I was uh, very strict on this. I'm not going to date anyone I work with policy. I actually had a 
I don't date anybody who lives in the same city policy when I was in Montreal. So wait, wait, was it a policy or was it just what kept happening? Uh, I no, I mean I. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. I know, but I wouldn't even, I'm not even going to entertain that because you remember what I looked like in my twenties. Anyways. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) So Ian wasn't so sweet and so nice and so charming. If I didn't have a crush on him. (laughs) I thought you had a crush on me, but I, I was pretty sure your crush on him was even stronger. So that never would have worked. It was, you know, he's so damn charming. (sighs) Yes, I know. Anyways. Yes. So with Ian, that's kind of what happened. And, uh, it, we did that funny club med thing where, you know, you go at night in the bar and you're talking with the guests all night, but you're looking at each other and you know that like at the end of the night, you're going to go home and talk and watch a movie. Thank you. You're welcome. And we did that for a while and people were asking me and I was like, Oh, we are just friends. Like we are just friends. And then I heard that he had kissed someone. What? And I went, uh-huh. <sighs> and then I went up to him and I went, yeah, no, we are not just friends. And that's not okay. And <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Yeah. So he was supposed to know this, even though you never told him, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, even though I, I mean, I probably would have kissed other people too, but I didn't. And it wasn't until he did that I realized, oh, wait, oh, no, I don't act. I don't want to kiss other people and neither should he. So I then told him now or nothing. So he proceeded to get really drunk. And then I was working night shift at reception that night. And he stayed at the front desk all night and kept writing sloppy love letters that made no sense. And like <laughs> passing out on the, the couch in re- reception. And I was like, you can't stay here. I'm going to get in trouble. And yeah, he, he drunk groveled. Classic, and, uh, classic Coney Island striker. I know, right? This is such a romantic love story between <laughs> he and I. <laughs> Who's going to play and, you two in the movie? Come on, man. This is, oh, God. You're spinning well, gold I, here. And then I think um, my my favorite line is I told somebody, Corey, a, a mini club geo, Corey Hawkins, said to me, I think you and Ian really like each other. And I said to him, well, he's not much to look at, but I guess he'll do for tonight. And um, those were words that haunted me because then he, Corey would say that to me for the next, like, however many years. Not much to look at, but he'll do for tonight because, of course, I ended up marrying this man and having two kids with him. And, you know, it'll be, (laughs) I don't know, 17 years married. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, I love a happy ending. Well, it hasn't ended yet. I mean, no, no, no. I meant each other. No, I meant, you know what I meant. (laughs) But getting, yeah, getting back to the whole, uh, yeah, choreographer thing, because I want to know if you, you agree or disagree with this. Uh, I've been accused of having a thing for every choreographer in every village I've ever worked at, including the two male ones. People have said this to me over and over. Do you think that was true? What true? Oh, true? Okay, thank you. Okay. I've never <laughs> seen you in any village with any other choreographer, but I knew that your, I could tell that your attraction to me was solely because I was the choreographer. I have seen the choreographer groupies before. They're kind of like the pregnant lady. Why? Why people. is? But it's so I, funny because I I spent I my know. whole I spent I, my I whole time. You have a you have a problem. I spent my whole time trying not to get close to you guys because I was I was that guy that Geo that pretended he couldn't dance. You know, with two left feet in front of you. Like when I would just meet the new choreographer, I'd pretend I didn't know what I was doing, or I'd dance really close to them in crazy signs. But they never they never. So I was trying to actually stay away. Yet I was drawn to them at the same time. Why is that? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, have you looked into your, are, are your parents dancers? No, Do you have some kind of... not, nothing. Uh, mm. well, I know you, that your obsession you... with like boy bands was also quite strong. So okay. I wonder if there's a link there. Could it be because you guys know how to count to eight or something? I really, really would hope that most people could count to eight that okay. you'd be attracted to because um, that happens in first grade. But perhaps, maybe it's the musicality. Maybe it's the, uh, you know, that a dancer can most likely move. <laughs> Flexible. Yeah. Yes, right. that too. Okay. So you're going on your season. La la la. You're there for Christmas New Year. How long do you actually wind up staying in sandpaper i think it was just that one season i'm pretty sure that we i because when when did we work together in paradise it, w- it would have been near the end of 2002 like um october november 2002 
Okay. So then I was in, I was in Sandpiper for a year. So I, oh, guess, wow. I, did, I guess I did two seasons because I have only ever worked in, in terms of like actual long-term contracts in Sandpiper and Paradise Island okay. in my six years of club ed. <laughs> <laughs> July, J- July 14th rolls around. It's summer in Sandpiper. They're doing something for Bastille Day. Do you know what the heck is going on? Did you know what Bastille Day was? Because I didn't my first season. I did know what it was because, okay. <laughs> I don't know, I have French-Canadian culture. No, have you not heard yes. about French? Well, yeah, like, yeah, but I thought we I learned learn... about that in school. Did no, you not? No, we only learned about Canadian history. If you go to high school in Canada, it's Canadian history. We don't learn about European history. So I didn't know what Bastille Day was. I didn't know why people were putting flower bombs in my hands, why I was attacking a castle on the beach. I didn't know what was going on. So I was just um, curious if maybe you guys had a meeting beforehand. They, the chief of village explained <laughs> what? Not not in my case. So I was just curious. if you I was going to say, I mean, most days were, I'm, I was never quite sure why we were doing anything that we were doing, but I fully embraced it. I, I think the one thing I would always ask, like, is this racially or culturally insensitive? And people would say no. And then I would say, okay, then I'm in. Cause that was kind of my only rule is like, I, I, I don't want to like ever bully or mock people in a mean way. I just want to like have fun with. So I think I, I spoke to, I, I remember that day I spoke to Isabel. She was our, our assistant reception. And I said, is this okay? What we're doing? And she was like, yes, it's all very funny. And I was like, okay. She said so. So let's go. I'm going to compliment you here. Are you are you fidgeting again, Gabby? God darn it. Um, the dance, Greg. You don't understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stop moving your feet because I think you're doing eight counts with your feet now. Okay. You're doing pas de bourrées and, and kickstep. I was jetting, but I <laughs> Okay. <will stop>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a beautiful speaking voice. You're well-educated. You're well-spoken. I'm assuming you had zero problem eating with people at a table three times a day with guests. You're outgoing, you're an extrovert, right? You're not shy, correct? I am not shy. I have no problem speaking with people. However, I I don't know what it is about me. I think I'm a bit of a rule breaker. I, I, I don't like when people tell me I have to do things and then I passive aggressively rebel. And this is one thing that I will, this is probably my biggest club meta regret is that I spent probably 70% of the meals I ate like easy Mac or something in my geo room instead of going to the restaurant because I didn't like that. I was told I have to sit with the guests, <laughs> okay. even though I would have sat with the guests, but because they told me I had to. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you clearly yeah. didn't have a chief of village that was counting heads uh, at this resort, <laughs> like some places. Yeah. So I told you, remember I said, I always managed to get her like, yes. I always managed to like get around things somehow, but this one I regret so much because like I would do anything for beef Wellington now and I had it <laughs> like there was access to it. It was so easy. And Yes. What did I do? Uh, like I just shot myself in the foot like an idiot. Easy Mac, like idiotic. No, no I, I wish I, I could agree. go back. People ask me what I miss the most about Club Med and I tell them lunch and they laugh. No, I'm serious. I've never, I'll never ever eat a hot lunch ever again. And I miss it. You know, I'm too lazy to make a hot lunch. Who's going to do that? But there you go at lunch. You could have anything you wanted and it was hot or cold. Yeah, you just, I mean, and the I miss things lunch. that you had. And yes, oh, I, I know, miss, right? I miss the like just having the possibility of just walking in and being like, I'll eat whatever I want without having to cook or clean. Like, yes, what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. huh? I really wish that I had had a little bit more life experience, I guess, with things like that prior to club meds that maybe I would have appreciated that more because I, I kick myself now of all those beef Wellingtons that I didn't eat. Like, that's just a shame. Okay. A lot of XGOs have the same uh, problem. I have it. I have it the other night. Do you have the same recurring dream where you are back at Club Med and you're working? Is this, whatever, 17 years later, is this still, are you still dreaming every now and then that you're working at Club Med? No, never. Are you serious? I have never. Yeah. What? Is that, oh, okay. Is that really bizarre? Probably the, maybe only the second person to say that. One guy just said he didn't dream at all. Like entirely. He says, I never dream about anything. So I said, oh, okay. That's, I don't know what to think about that, but you're saying, so you've never had a club med dream. Yeah, no, I, I dream quite, quite a lot, but I don't recall ever having a club, not a club med dream where like I am back there working. Nope, nothing like that. Am I, am I in your dream or nightmare? Nothing with Club Med has ever made it into my dreams. Is that a nice way of saying I don't dream about it? <laughs> nice these? save. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a perfectly mm-hmm. acceptable, politically correct <laughs> answer. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Next question. So that first season, did you have any managers or even fellow employees that stood out to you, like made a good impression on you? Hammer. Hammer was our chief of village that first season. And because he was my first, I mean, I thought he was fantastic, but then also having then worked afterwards with other, you know, chief villages, I realized just how special Hammer is. Uh, You know, everybody kind of made an impression like Katarina was in charge of reception that year. And can't I, I, my time at Sandpiper gets blurred because I was there and then I went to Paradise Island and then I came back and I feel like almost every geo comes through Sandpiper at some point. So I met so many, so many geos over those years. Did you request Paradise or was it one of three that you had chosen or, or they sent you there? Uh, so with Paradise, it was at that point, they were trying to find a village for me as, as a choreographer and Ian and I were an established couple by then. That's right. So we wanted to go to the same place. Power yes. couple, power couple, I might we say. We were at some point, right? Yes. And because he was the sound guy and I was the choreographer, you know, positions where there's only one in each village, they kind of had to move things around and Paradise was where they were able to do that. So that's where we went. Okay. That is where we met. Yes. And, uh, my two left feet didn't work on you whatsoever, but uh, you're too savvy for that. I just want you to know that it's, it's utterly, um, people do this all the time around dancers. They pretend they can't dance and they yes. think that like dancers are fooled by that. Or not. <laughs> I know, okay. you know, I love dancing. I just didn't like the uh, rehearsal. I'm too logical because, you know, if you're trying to make me memorize intricate dance steps at midnight, uh, it's not good after a long day. Those were not uh, intricate not... dance steps. <gasps> How dare you? Yes, they were for some of us. I've 13 feet, size 13 feet. You know, it's hard. Why do you think I'm always in the, at the curtain? But this brings up an interesting point. I want to know how you dealt with people like me. I would, maybe I wasn't that vain in paradise, but vain geos like me that would come up to you during a new show and say, take you aside and say, okay, Gabby, uh, now's a good time to talk about at what point in the show I should take my shirt off. How did you deal with people like me that said stuff like that to you? Um, let's see. And, and keep in mind, the sh- I, keep in mind the show had no, no, at no point, it, was there any like, you know, male frontal torso, you know. But I, I feel like every that? show there was. No, 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 no. It was a total like ruffled, ruffled collar, you know, blazer. No, there was no, no, no call for it. But someone like me would always say, hey, at what point should I take off my shirt, Gabby? So how did you deal with people like that? Hmm. I think perhaps I was already on that bandwagon with you. Um, I quickly realized at Club Med that there was very little actual like dance talent. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of like talent with the geos in terms of like extroverts, but my God, 99% of these people like could not dance. So you'd have to go with, all right, we're not going to use any kind of skilled choreography, (laughs) Um, let's put feathers and topless men. And that's what we did for almost every show. And that's what worked. So (laughs) I, um, I had already embraced that. I think if you came up to me and I basically expected that everybody that was going to be in the show would have to be okay with wearing a thong or not having any clothes on and being on stage because that's what the shows were all about. (laughs) So that's what we did. When you couldn't dance, you just pranced around half naked. Yes. Yes. That's why mm-hmm. I was usually given those roles. Uh, yes. And uh, you're not alone. You're, you're the, not alone. You're, um, the cur- you're the curtain. Oh, well, I was also, they said, no, no, it's because of your height, Greg, your height. We, we can't block anyone. So you have to go by the curtain. I wasn't, I was not nice like that. I was okay. never, I never <laughs> pretended. I would say you're the only two people that can actually dance. You come up here, the rest of you stand back there, take off your shirts and just punch the air, try to do it like on an offbeat, like, so yeah. I'm guessing, so if someone was a, not a great dancer, but he memorized the steps, he would move up the line, right? Because it's more important to not screw up during a show, right? Basically anybody that showed up to a rehearsal <laughs> yeah. that wasn't like four sheets to the wind or eight <laughs> sheets to the wind or 12 sheets to the wind was my like front row performer star. Oh, like that okay. was it. That's all you really needed to do was show up and not be so intoxicated that you were able to like step and clap at the same time. And uh, that was good. And if you looked good without a shirt, then, well, that was, that was exceptional. And if you were like, remember Celestine, the baker? 
Yes. If you could do a backflip, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. He could do backflips. So I would just recruit him to come into every random number and just be like, can you just come into this number and be MC Hammer and do a backflip? And uh, yeah, a show is born. <laughs> did you ever get sent on the official choreographer stage? I did not, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's well, that's also impressive too, because they, they just, you're in, right? I mean, you didn't. Yeah, it was. You're in, but um, I also inherited all of, or most of the shows. So it was a little bit different. I, I would have liked to have gone to the Saj because you got to create the shows. And I, th- I think that's pretty cool. But I did, I mean, it was, it wasn't what I expected. I didn't really choreograph all that much. It was a lot more of like watching the kick tapes and then just kind of modifying that for the skill level of your geos and then performing that for a semblance of that and when i when i was in clement that was the big choreographer thing is they had those kits that they would send and you would and then every chief of village had their shows that they really liked you know usually they were in so you would keep their show and there wasn't all that much creativity involved i don't think you said you went at least my in my experience for where i was or the timing of it i think you said you spent six six or seven years in clubment uh i think five and a half or six something like that yeah so can you run it down for me you went to sandpiper paradise sandpiper and then where, where after so um sandpiper Paradise, and then Sandpiper, 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 Sandpiper. Oh, really? uh, but <laughs> yeah, though, the, the, what you may not know nope. is okay. that I only, I was only choreographer in Paradise Island. Um, what? So yeah, you, yeah, what, you didn't know what, this. What were you I don't know if you recall or if you were already, if you were, if you were still in Paradise, but I, um, I was getting ill all the time and fainting constantly mm-hmm. and, um, we didn't quite know what was going on, but like I would literally perform a number and then go in the wings and faint and then come back out and do another one. And at some point they caught on Miami and whoever and said, get her out of the village. Like that's a liability. There's that's not okay. Uh, so we, they flew me back home to New York and we're kind of like, you need to figure out what's wrong. So I, that's what kind of ended my choreographer career at club med. Uh, okay. I was, I, yeah, it's, it's okay. I was home for about three months. With, I spent time with my dad, which was great. And when I came back to club med, uh, we just decided a less physical role might be better for me. So I, that's when I started doing, I was, um, aid gestion. I did bookkeeping, ah. uh, which is why I am currently a part-time bookkeeper. Thank you, Club Med. Oh. Only place in the world that I can think of where you go in as a dance instructor and then become an accountant. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Yeah. Aid gestion. Look at you. So, um, so that's what happened. So I went back to Sandpiper and I was gestionaire. Yeah. I was aid gestion two and then aid gestion one. I was Yusef's right hand lady for a while. And then uh, we left Club Med. So very little of my time really in Club Med was spent as a choreographer, but that was probably my most exciting year. I have a lot of really fun memories of that time. I am now even more honored than to have been one of your top dancers, if not the top (laughs) in Paradise Island (laughs) under your direction. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And then you and Ian decided on Vegas, I guess, because of the shows? Yes. Well, uh, so Ian had a friend that he grew up with, um, also named Greg, who had moved out to Vegas years before and had been trying to get... Wait, another Greg? I I don't think I I like like the sound of this. Uh, Okay. Uh, We'll call him Bald Greg so that you don't feel threatened because I know how much you like your hair. I still have hair. Yes. Thank you. I know. I figured you would. If you (laughs) didn't, I figured you would use products. You're you're that guy. I just shave it off. Yeah. Um, Right, right. So bald Greg, who doesn't care that he doesn't have hair, by the way, so I'm not insulting him. He, he knows. Uh, yeah. was li- he knows. It's. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> he was living um, in, yeah, he had moved out to Vegas and he had been telling Ian, just, you know, come out here. There are so many opportunities for you because of working in entertainment um, and hospitality. And I, we had moved, we actually left Club Med and we moved, didn't, we didn't move straight to Vegas. We moved to Tampa because, um, well, we didn't really know where we wanted to go, but we knew we didn't want to go back home because it's cold. And why would we do that? And so we said, well, let's just stay in Florida. And at that point, I don't think 
I don't know if this was happening. Were you aware of Wizard? Wizard was an entertainment company that was based out of Tampa and Club Med kind of outsourced them to help with the shows and the choreography oh, and Sandpiper. Y- yes, I heard about this. I got very angry because <laughs> they brought in people to do the shows, right? Yes, they did. They brought in yes. people not to, yeah, they brought in people to kind of like basically take over like the choreographer and team yes, position um, and Instead yes. of having a kit, you would have like a crew that came in and did yes. it. And I, I actually worked really well with Wizard because dance background and like real dancers. And I was like, yay. And they would do like some numbers every once in a while where like got to be back on stage. So that was pretty cool. But then we also had things like the pirate show that went on for, I think I did the pirate show. I think I held the record for the person that performed the pirate show the most often. And it was ridiculous like 200 times like I can't no not good so regardless when we were about to leave Club Med we were friendly with the people that worked for Wizard and they had offered Ian a job to come work with them in Tampa Bay so we said all right well let's stay in Florida and try this and we moved to Tampa and he was working for Wizard and I got series of random jobs and we were in Tampa for about nine months before Greg had called again and said, look, like really just come out here. So we said, fine, we'll fly out for vacation and Ian can do an interview. And uh, that was it. We flew out here on, I think like a Thursday and Greg, bald Greg knew me quite well. So I didn't actually go to the strip at all until Saturday night. Like I was in Vegas for a full 48 hours and I went to the public libraries and the parks and all these other places first. I think he knew that I needed to see that it was like an actual city and I had no interest in living in like, uh, I didn't want to live in, I had never been to Vegas and I just didn't want to live in Vegas if that's what it was. So I was able to see, oh, there's a real cool city around here and actual people and things that are happening. And Ian had his interview. They actually had postponed his interview. So I had flown back home already. We changed his ticket And then he called me and he said, they offered me the job. Should I say yes? And I said, yeah. He said, when should I start? And I said, tell them you'll start in two weeks. And then I quit my job in Tampa and we drove cross country and we have been in Vegas and we live in Henderson, a suburb of Vegas now since 2007. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Can you handle one last question? I can handle so many more questions. Can you? Yes, I can. Okay. Since, okay, I think I, know, I might know the answer to this one. So since you spent so much time at Sandpiper, 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 uh, which one of your seasons was the most <laughs> magical? I'm guessing one of them was Sandpiper. Um, you know, most people say it was the first one because it was so special. Or do you not use the word magical? Was there one season in particular at Sandpiper that stood out to you? Or was it your first? Yeah, I don't think magical is a word that I've ever used. Except for my dancing. I think one, one night backstage you pulled me and said, mm-hmm. Nope. You're, no? Okay, sorry. Somehow I, I think you was may it, have misheard. Was it maybe mor- um, moronic you might have said? Perhaps. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm going to try to start using magical in sentences and not, no, I can't. It's, it's just, that was a magical time. No, it's really not. I'm trying to think of like having my children. It was magical. No, no, it's not working. (laughs) I'm not built that way. Um, So uh, my first season at club med was not my favorite season at club med because well, it was, it was bizarre and I was not doing what I thought I was going to be doing necessarily. And I didn't really want to be in Florida. So uh, I knew it was like a stepping stone to something else. I would say that my season, my first season in paradise when Angie was still there was my favorite overall season in Club Med. That was when I felt kind of at my most free and creative and like was really able to embrace the spirit of everything. And it was just so beautiful there. And I loved, you know, being away from the United States and Canada and being in the islands. And um, I really enjoyed that. My club med career kind of transitioned afterwards, you know, with my health issues and what happened and I wasn't able to, to dance, but it transitioned to into much more of like a real job type life when I came back to club med and being in Sandpiper like that, you know, you went to Walmart 
after work. So it wasn't quite the same, but I did also get engaged on stage in Sandpiper and we got married in Sandpiper. So, you know, the, the relationship between the Coney Island striker, I can't believe I said that and myself ah, yes, originated and, you know, we, we, culminated in the, the marriage in Sandpiper. And then we took a family vacation back to Sandpiper after. Uh, so there's a lot of obviously really great memories associated with Sandpiper. But Paradise Island season one, because of you, Greg, because of you and <laughs> your fantastic is. dancing Phew, and your right. Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and your, that, that Backstreet Boys cover with the silk shirts. Uh, yes. Those were really good. Was well, it red or purple? I think it was red. And I don't know why you always gave me that faulty lighter that just would not light. So I don't know if you I did think that on you purpose. I didn't know how to use a lighter. It might have had a child <laughs> block. I, I did have blonde hair back then. So you might be right about that. Yeah, because I mean, Renato, no matter what I gave him, always managed to light his fire. Yeah, yeah, but he he was a perfectionist, so, but mine just... I was going to say, I mean, nobody else can be Renato. It's okay. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I want to be Renato. I know, so do I. Doesn't everyone? He can play squash like nobody. Have you had him on this podcast yet? No, I would love to, though. I would love to get him him and Kim. I was going to say, they are some... We have visited them a couple times in the last few years. Oh, really? Yeah, and they are... They are some cool people with some cool uh, kids yeah. doing some awesome things. Kim and I uh, worked together on the beach. That's I met Kim first. With the, Kim was with us in Big Big. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I knew both of them quite well, but Renato was like the one to, like, he was like the, you know, the guy that you put in every show as the main guy. Like, you're the main guy because you can dance and you're funny. So, obviously, I, like, worked with him quite a bit, but, uh, yeah. It was a Brazilian thing, right? It is a Brazilian thing. You know, it's pretty terrible to say that, but you, I remember when I would get, like, notices that we would get a new geo, and if I knew that it was a Brazilian, I was like, yes, because (laughs) chances are, (laughs) yeah, you know, and then they would tell me there was somebody from, like, Michigan, and I was like, oh, (laughs) and I know it's terrible to generalize, but, um, mm, yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) But if it keeps happening, then it's. I was gonna say. I mean, I can yeah. I can put a list together, and yeah. you can watch the videos. They speak for themselves. Yeah. You are so. my fire. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah well, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Really not good. Just take your shirts off, boys. Yeah. Light the put the match on, and then take off I'm, your shirts. I haven't had one on this whole podcast. That's why I only do audio. Okay. I haven't had one on since COVID started. <laughs> That's right. I know. Come, come September, I hear we have to start wearing clothes again. I live in Vegas. It's hot. That's true. Oh, huh? pish tosh. Not in Vegas. Isn't it a dry heat, as they say? Uh, yes, which means nothing when look, it's 110 look, degrees. Look, if you it's don't, hot. If you don't kick me off, I'm going to have you on longer. So I know you got stuff to do. I heard a mom in the background before. You, you think I didn't heard it, but I, hear, I heard it. But so Oh, really? I tuned go, it out. So yeah. That's amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a mom. Sounded like a male voice. Mom. The they way, both sound they both sound kind of male and female are, are, are any of the kids like uh, weird prepubescent age did the kids uh, inherit your dance ability at all yes you they know what did? i i would say, well sean i'm i'm not so sure sean is a a very good soccer player but he has dad's flexibility which means none whatsoever uh like wait can't are touch you his toes. saying there's a coney island striker junior there kind of is but with much better hair and my intelligence so <laughs> oh, man wow right Lady, yeah he's gonna be a catch out. ladies yes mm-hmm. okay. all right well you'll have later. to deal with me as a mother-in-law so that's <laughs> no treat who um, yeah. boy and Paige, uh, our 10-year-old, is a competitive gymnast who, I kid you not, can arm wrestle everyone in this family and win. So, um, yeah, she's probably the toughest nut in our house. And she is like all the best versions of me and Ian put together and just really funny and strong. So she's like, I like have a girl crush on her, but she's my daughter. Uh, That's Um, nice. Yeah, kids are awesome. I'd never thought that I would like having them. And I was a little worried when I was pregnant with Sean. And I told Ian, you know, the only reason I'm doing this is because if I'm not good at this mothering thing, you've already you've already said you're going to do the bulk of the work. And he was like, yeah. But it turns <laughs> out I, um, I liked kids. And I'm like, hey. So that worked out really well. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Good stories. Very nice. Okay, I promise last question. Do you have any advice <laughs> for someone who's on the fence about thinking about 
working for Club Med for a season? Should they do it for six months? Should they just embrace it? Should they try it? You don't, you don't decide to do it for six months. You, um, and just get, I, I don't really believe in fences. Just jump over the fence. Like, what are you doing on the fence? It's not helpful. You, you might as well just jump over the fence and just go see what's over there. And I did not know how long I was going to be there for. I didn't think about it. I said, maybe it'll be a year. It ended up being five and I ended up meeting my husband and, you know, life has taken this trajectory that it would not have taken had I not said, yeah, let me go to that club med audition and tap dance. Why not? Just do it. I mean, life, you don't know what's going to happen. You can't spend time worrying or trying to control it. You just need to embrace it. If you don't like it, you do something else. Like it's not that serious. I like that fence analogy. So what you're saying is the thing you want the most is on the other side of fear. Yeah, absolutely. So if you just don't hesitate, I think hesitation is um, you have to force yourself to not get stuck in that place of hesitation and to just do it. And it becomes kind of a way of life. And then once you do that, opportunities seem to open up a lot and you just start saying yes to things. Uh, it's the only reason then when people are at standstills in their life, it's because they're, they've put themselves in a place where they're they're hesitating and they're on that fence, so to speak. Were you always this deep in paradise? Man, you're- I really was. I've always okay. been this intelligent, which is, uh, it's a curse. Let me tell you, when you have a bunch of drunk geos coming in and you're trying to teach them how to do step touch at one in the morning. Uh, <laughs> no, but well, I don't know. Uh, step touch was easy. Pas de bourre, I had a little problem with. Okay. Okay. And Greg, pas de bourre. Pas de bourre. Okay. Behind, front, out. Oh, Behind, I, I can't do it. You don't get me. I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's like Zoolander. You only turn left. It's a bunch of Derek Zoolanders. Say they tell me to put a show together. Make it Moulin Rouge. I say, oh, yes. Perfect. Uh, I could talk to you so much longer, but I know I'm going to have to let you go. But wow, everyone, that was Gabrielle, a.k.a. Gabby. And boy, oh boy, yes. I'm probably gonna have to have her on again because this is too much fun. So I, I would really, love that. You know, I could talk forever. I would really love, I really want to thank you for sharing your story with us, your origin story. I really loved having you on. I'm so happy you said yes. Are you happy? I am very happy that I got off the fence about doing it oh, and okay. just said, hey, <laughs> let's just do it. Okay. It's Greg, it's Greg, you know, no one's going to hear it. <laughs> um, okay. I, I should hope that everybody hears it. Actually. That's, well, that's uh, the saddest thing you could have said to me that no, I'm going to promote this one. Cause everyone will gonna, listen to it. Everyone's going to have so to sad. hear it. Uh, no, I'm going to promote this one. on. My yeah. Cause people Facebook. are going to be like Reggie Martin. He's cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. like who's Gabrielle <laughs> Seidenberg. Like, knows me. Sure. They do. No, <laughs> they do. You're the wife of the Coney Island striker. Jazz. Oh God. He's my husband. Get it right. <laughs> will you tell him I say hi. I will. Thank you very much. And thanks for coming on again. And we'll see you all next week, everyone. Bye.